Welcome to Inside the NCAA. I'm Michelle Brutlag-Hosek. Students enrolling in college in the fall of 2021 will be eligible to play sports using a short-term eligibility standard in put in place because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Today, we're going to discuss this alternative standard with the person in charge of the office overseeing it. Felicia Martin is the Vice President of the NCAA Eligibility Center. Felicia, thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. As I just mentioned, a temporary eligibility standard will be available for Divisions 1 and 2 students next fall. So what will those enrolling in the fall of 2021 have to do to be eligible? So students who plan to enroll full-time in college during the 21-22 academic year will receive an academic initial eligibility waiver. It's an auto waiver. And in order for students to qualify for that waiver, they need to complete the following. If you are a student athlete who's considering Division I, you have to complete 16 core courses in a required subject area. That's math, that's English, it's science, it's social science. And then out of those 16 core courses, you need to complete 10 of them by the start of your seventh semester. You'll need a 2.3 GPA or higher and proof of graduation. For those young men and young women who are considering D2, you need to complete 16 core courses, again, in the designated subject areas, math, English, science, social science. You need a 2.2 core GPA and then proof of graduation. Because of the constraints the pandemic has placed on the testing agencies, we are not requiring ACT or SAT scores to be on file for initial eligibility requirements. Are these just for domestic student athletes? No, these are requirements that apply to all student athletes, domestic, international, and our homeschool student athletes. And how is this different from what uh, was available for students enrolling in 2020? Well, the, one of the major differences is the length of time available to students to complete classes. And when the impact of the pandemic hit in the spring and it became a reality, and seniors had weeks before graduation. They had limited time left in the semester to complete classes that were required for high school graduation and for academic eligibility. The first priority was for the safety of the students, the staff and the teachers. So high schools and districts had to adjust quickly and pivot from face-to-face -to, -face to remote instruction. So high schools worked very hard to offer some type of continued education in a very short amount of time. And so in the spring, the EC worked to accommodate and assist our high school community um, in light of those challenges. So as we begin the fall term, we have confidence that our school administrators, that our teachers, our counselors across the country have learned that high schools can have and will have an entire year eligible for students to take classes. That's whether they're in classroom, that's virtual, it's e-learning, it's a hybrid. So students will have an entire academic year this time, when in the spring they only had a, a partial term. Can you walk us through a little bit of uh, why these decisions were made and, and who made them? Um, these decisions were made to ensure that many other prospective high school student athletes have the possibility to have that higher education in their futures. So this is so students can get to college, so they can attend universities. 
Um, the decisions were made to support what is a very challenging circumstance that our high school educators and our administrators around the country are facing. And then because the NCAA is a member-driven association, we work with D1 and D2 members um, by way of our governance process and with our committee structures so we can make some decisions and carry out what's best for our student athletes. So we talked a little bit about the, the SAT and the ACT scores not uh, being necessary. Uh, what, what kind of impact did that did all of these changes, that and the other changes have on the class for 2020? You know, Michelle, as early as May 2020, that COVID-19 academic waiver positively impacted more than 30,000 student athletes. These are young men and young women who were in a position to live their dreams of attending college and playing college athletics. In the midst of the pandemic, there's so many tensions. There's so many unique circumstances and stressors. And I'm just really proud to say that the NCAA Eligibility Center was able to alleviate at least one of those stressors. We were able to say to students and to their families um, what you need to do in order to be eligible, what you need to do in order to obtain that scholarship. Um, so that was uh, an incredibly proud moment for us to be able to at least participate in a way um, that didn't add additional stress to families. Do you anticipate the same impact or more for 2021-22? For you know what? That's one of those hourglass questions, and it's really difficult for us to forecast um, what the additional changes might be. Um, but what at, at one point, what we can say right now is we know for certain that we are in a position to better support our senior student athletes. We can um, help them with regard to making some decisions about eligibility, give them basically a game plan um, so that they have some clarity. We want to not just provide that clarity for our students and our families, but we've got to consider our beloved high school education workforce. These are our men and women who are partnering with our teams um, so that we can give them direction and guidance and what this year long plan for student athletes for college bound student athletes need to look like. So we're, help, we're hopeful that what we're doing is alleviating and releasing some of the pressure that they're feeling. Um, and then there's our recruiting community. We know very well that our college coaches are in navigating this difficulty just like everybody else. Um, again, we're making these modifications so that we can help our recruiting community to know exactly what the students need, where those students stand, and how we can advise them. Um, our hope is that these modifications are helping all that are involved. This is the second graduating class for which the test scores are not gonna be required for NCAA eligibility. From the discussions you've had and that the membership has had, is the association looking at the role of test scores and in initial eligibility? Yeah, so under these extraordinary circumstances, the decisions right now are more critical with regard to health and safety and accessibility for our prospective student athletes. Um, there have been a number of operational modifications and adjustments that were needed in response to COVID-19, and that includes the standardized test and how we had to adjust the requirement. Um, the standardized test conversation isn't a new point of discussion for our membership. Throughout the years, the requirement for initial eligibility has been examined quite frequently and discussed with our NCAA membership. We remain committed to continuing to monitor and evaluate what's in the best interest for the college-bound student. And we do. We do anticipate some additional discussions with our membership. 
um, and, and an examination of where we are in the initial eligibility requirement. So aside from the, the test score issue, are there any other adjustments available to address the current circumstances for student athletes? Yes, just as a reminder, the modifications and the adjustments that we made, the goal was to provide support and flexibility, again, for both the student athlete and for our high school community. So a few of those adjustments, we continue from the spring. And so one of those adjustments would be, we're not requiring a separate review of NCAA approved courses that are distance e-learning or even hybrid programs. What we're saying to students, parents, and teachers are we're encouraging them to complete their courses through whatever channel of instruction is provided and recommended by their school, their district, or their state department. Um, an additional note for our parents who are administering homeschool curriculum, please review the information included in the eligibility homeschool resources. We know how important it is, um, particularly for parents who are new to homeschooling. You can get lots of great information and instruction in that EC homeschool resource. Um, additionally, for um, core courses completed in 2021 that have issued a pass, the Eligibility Center will apply that credit. So if students are not getting actual um, letter grades or number grades, but receive a pass, the EC will use that as a part of their certification um, GPA. And so that those are some of the many things that we've adjusted to support the community during this unusual time. For the high school students who are right now, you know, thinking that they want to play sports in college, what advice would you have to make sure that they're aware and prepared to be eligible under the, the standard? First and foremost, stay hopeful. It is a possibility. We are doing all we can to support you. And what I would say is do the best you can academically. Stay in contact with your high school counselor, with your coaches. Use the same discipline that you use that makes you an amazing athlete to keep you excelling academically. Um, the next thing is to register with the Eligibility Center. Once you have a certification account with us, you get lots of regular updates, reminders, and it's a ton of good information for you and for your family. Um, the other advice I'd give is follow us on social media. Wherever you are, we try to be. So find us and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Um, so please, please, please um, look for us, um, visit us on the website, and also for our high school partners, if you're not already receiving our high school newsletter, sign up for it. Um, we design it with you in mind. So this is information that not only helps you as you guide student athletes, but it also gets you in contact with the Eligibility Center. So if we're making additional modifications or changes, um, you can find that information um, there in our newsletter. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Yeah, um, we've been intentional. We wanted to remove boundaries. We wanted to uh, remove any obstacles that were created that would prevent a student from being on a path to initial eligibility. Again, it wasn't just about our student athletes. They are key for us. They're, they're a focal point for us, but we know that there's a community around each and every young woman and young man. And we wanted to support our high schools. Um, these are amazing administrators, teachers, and coaches who are committed to student athletes and their future. And we're just really, really fortunate to have them as partners in this um, opportunity we have to serve student athletes and open doors for them to go to college and compete in college sports. Felicia, thank you so much for your time today.
a lot of positive and really important things happening for student athletes and prospective student athletes. We appreciate you breaking it all down for us. And thank you all for tuning in today. I'm Michelle Brutlak-Hosek, until next time.